You're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn, and this is Martinis Con Queso, your one-stop shop for all things lounge and exotica. And it's the last week of spooky season, because next Saturday is Halloween, and next Sunday is Daylight Savings Time. So today's two hours of spooky, scary, creepy, silly, everything top to bottom, and I am so excited. My name is Victoria. I am your loyal host and cruise director for these two hours, and I had a lot of fun putting tonight's set together. So I'm not going to say much right now. You'll hear more from me at the half hour, but you just heard the theme from The Munsters, which is a lovely little show that was on um, in the 60s. And yeah, you're, so this first whole this whole first half hour is just silly stuff. And with that, um, well, before I say, and with that, here's the next song, um, uh, Au Revoir, I'm going to say, if you want to follow along in real time and see what's playing, because I'm only going to go on four times, you can go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.org forward slash playlist. And yeah, thank you to everybody who's listening. Um, like I said, this next half hour is going to be silly and funny, and we're going to have a whole half hour of creepy Alfred Hitchcock stuff. And then there obviously, um, next Saturday is a blue moon. We started off October 1st was a harvest moon. October 31st is a blue moon. So we're going to pay tribute to that, obviously. And then, uh, yeah, it's just good stuff. Just good stuff. Okay. That's all you need to know. Anyway, my name is Victoria. This is Martinis Con Queso. And this next song you're going to hear is The Monster Mash by Bobby Boris Pickett. You're hearing it here and only here on Martinis Con Queso. Monster Man. The Monster Man. It was a graveyard smash. He did the match. It caught on in a flash. He did the match. He did the Monster Mash. From my laboratory in the castle east to the master bedroom where the vampires feast. The ghouls all came from their humble abodes to get a jolt from my electrode. They did the match. They did the Monster Man. The Monster Mash. It was a graveyard smash. They did the match. It caught on in a flash. They did the match. They did the monster match. The zombies were having fun. The party had just begun. The guests included Wolfman, Dracula, and his son. The scene was rocking, all were digging the sounds Igor on chains, backed by his baying hounds The coffin bangers were about to arrive With their vocal group, the Crypt Kicker Five They played the match They played the monster match The monster match It was a graveyard smash They played the match It got on in a flash They played the match They played the monster match out from his coffin, Rex's voice did ring. Seemed he was troubled by just one thing. Opened the lid 
and shook his fist and said, Whatever happened to my Transylvania twist? It's now the mash. It's now the monster mash. The monster mash. And it's a graveyard smash. It's now the mash. It's caught on in a flash. It's now the mash. It's now the monster mash. Now everything's cool, Drax's a part of the band And my Monster Mash is the hit of the land For you, the living, this mash was meant to When you get to my door, tell them what is said Then you can mash Then you can Monster Mash The Monster Mash And do my graveyard smash Then you can mash You'll catch on in a flash Then you can mash Then you can Monster Mash Like a teenage boy, 
He even goes to school. Have you ever thought your boyfriend might be a teenage ghoul? Pennsylvania four, five, seven, eight, nine. When your boyfriend takes you out at night, what does he like to do? Go to dark and scary places, or see a monster show or two? Does he seem to like the moonlight? Does he kiss you? On the net, why does he say you're his forever? You'd better check your neck. You can call him up any old time. Pennsylvania four, five, seven, eight, nine. Perhaps you're sitting home alone. Then where is he tonight? Is he really where he said he'd be, or taking his midnight flight? Now I don't want to frighten you, but look behind your chair. You must have left the window open. Something's moving over there. He's coming closer. Can you reach the telephone in time? What's that? You say someone cut the line? Tune in later when you're alone. The scream you hear may be your own. Stumbling through the local cemetery, I saw an old creature who looked soberly scary. In his hands he had a shovel and he was digging away. I started to split and he stopped me to say, "Oh, don't be startled at what you see. It's just that little old grief robber me." You must be nuts, Daddy. You've had too much wine. Huh? I robbed trees for Baron Frankenstein. Oh well, I've known the Baron for two years or more. Hey, you must be his assistant, Ugly Eagle. He's not excuse me while I dig. My master has plans for something very big, you know. You mind if I help you? I've been looking for a job ever since my partner was eaten by the blob. Hey, haven't I seen you on TV riding on a wine wagon? Oh, that's right, you know. You don't need a tester, do you, Pally? Uh-huh. I'll test your head with a shovel. 
Oh, hey, hey, wait. Oh, 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 wait a minute, Pally. Wait a minute. This ain't gone too far. Where am I? You're at the bloody go-go club. You passed out. You've been sleeping on the bar. Oh, Daddy, if you just knew where I dreamed I'd been. You sure you didn't slip me a Mickey fan? On an old forgotten road Where the better ghosts and goblins Always hang out One night they threw a party In a manner a la mode And they cordially invited All the gang out At a dark bewitching hour When the fun was loud and hearty a notorious wallflower became the life of the party. Mm, the spooks were having their midnight fling. The merrymaking was in full swing. This rigged themselves into a cheerful trend. When the skeleton in the closet started to dance. Now a goblin giggled with fiendish glee. A shout rang out from a big banshee. Amazement was in every ghostly glance. When skeleton in the closet started to dance. All the witches were in stitches while his steps made rhythmic thumps. And they nearly dropped their broomstick. When he tried to do the bumps, you never heard such an earthly laughter, such hilarious groan. When skeleton in closet rattle his Far off Transylvania, now all the vampires really swing. 
It's the favorite dance of every drooling ghoul and even teenage werewolves who are after school. Shoot. Every night, when the moon is full, the monsters gather round. They all meet down in the graveyard just to dig that crazy sound. The mash is through, and so's the twist, because the creatures of the night insist on the It's got a beat that just won't quit. Why it really is intense. It's even made old Dr. Frankenstein give up his experiments. I can't figure out just what went wrong. Now my monster does the bossa nova all night long. It's got the smoothest rhythm. Quiet makes you want to flow, but be careful, or your partner might sink her fangs into your throat. Then nothing will ever make you part, unless some square drives a wooden stake into your heart. Hey, there's the wolfman and the old gypsy woman. My son, you have the mark of the werewolf upon your hand. I thought I told you to wait in the wagon. Go, vampire. Remember, where there's life, there's blood. Oh, it's growing light outside. I'm getting sleepy. Back into the box and close the lid gently. Good night. King Kong. The horror picture of all time. Don't let him get a beautiful girl torn from the arms of her lover by a jungle beast. King Kong. See a battle between prehistoric monsters on an island time forgot. A nightmare jungle creature from the primeval past stalking Midnight Street. My baby! It's got my baby! See the thrill classic of all time. The biggest gorilla picture ever made in motion picture history. The jungle epic that can never be duplicated. See RKO's original... King Kong. King Kong. King Kong. I was out of grade school at six. High school at eight, college at ten and a half, and after three years pre-med, I was the head doctor of brain surgery. Tighten the gauze Wait for applause While my patients laughed Hysterically Obviously They were in stitches over me I was a teenage brain surgeon A teenage brain surgeon 
surgeon, a knocked out fractured brain surgeon, the sharpest operator in town. While the other kids were digging, Dick Clark from coast to coast. How was a digging doctor killed there? Like man, you know the most. Even when I was in grade school, I had that medical look. I never got past the appendix whenever I opened a book. Scalpel. Scalpel. Forceps. Forceps. Suture. Suture. Oops. Anesthetic. Anesthetic. Whenever I went out dancing to make my night complete, I brought along my stethoscope. Man, you hear the wildest beat. One night the band was playing, I've got you under my skin. I scared a fella half to death when I said, may I cut in? I was a teenage brain surgeon, a teenage brain surgeon, a rock and rolling brain surgeon, the sharpest operator in Coming out of the sky It had a one long horn And one big eye Like a mister shaking in the city It looks like a purple people eater to me It was a one-eyed, one-horned Flying purple people eater One-eyed, one-horned Flying purple people eater One-eyed, one-horned Flying purple people eater Sure looks strange to me One-eyed Well, he came down to earth And he lit in the tree I said, Mr. Purple People Eater Don't eat me I heard him say in a voice so gruff I wouldn't eat you cause you're so tough It was a one-eyed, one-horned, flying purple people eater One-eyed, one-horned, flying purple people eater One-eyed, one-horned, flying purple people eater Sure looks strange to me One-horned I said, Mr. Purple People Eater, what's your line? He said, eating purple people and it sure is fine But that's not the reason that I came to land Bless my soul, rock and roll, flying purple people eater Pigeon toad, undercoat, flying purple people eater We wear short shorts, friendly little people eater What a sight to see oh! And then he swung from the tree and he lit on the ground And he started to rock, really rocking around It was a crazy ditty with a swinging tune Sing a bop, bop, a boop, a lap, a loom, bam, boom Bless my soul, rock and roll, flying purple people eater Pigeon toad, undercoat, flying purple people eater I like short shorts Flying purple people eater What a sight to see Purple people Well, he went on his way and then what do you know I saw him last night on a TV show He was blowing it out, really knocking him dead Playing rock and roll music through the horn in his head
You're listening to Martinis Con Queso here on Radio Free Brooklyn, and you guessed it, that was the Adams Family theme by Vic Mizzy and his orchestra. And the album that that, the Adams Family like show album is very good. Check it out. Before that, we heard Sheb Woolley with The Purple People Eater and Spike Jones with Teenage Brain Surgeon. A little interlude by Miriam C. Cooper with King Kong was before that. We also heard Monster Bossa Nova by Gene Moss and Fred Rice, as well as The Skeleton in the Closet by Louis Armstrong. Don Hinson and the Rigamorticians was before that with That Little Old Grave Robber Me. And Bill Buchanan with Beware. We heard Tony and the Monsters with Igor's Party, and we started off the set with an oldie but goodie. Bobby Boris Pickett's The Monster Mash. Uh, If you didn't hear me at the beginning of the show... uh, that whole set was just silly stuff, uh, and I hope you enjoyed it. So I have some announcements. We're going to jump right back into things with a little bit of it's a little scarier in the second half of the first hour. Uh, so if you're unaware, Radio Free Brooklyn has put up a enormous wall called the Wall of, Lo- wall of Lies here in Bushwick, Brooklyn, and we have uh, put another one up in Manhattan. So we... Uh, we rebuilt it after it was um, the Wall of Lies, which is a public art exhibit displaying twenty over 20,000 false statements made by our commander-in-chief while in office after the original version was vandalized by right-wing slogans. Um, so if you see the one in Bushwick, you can see that it has been defaced. The new wall will be twice as big uh, at 100 feet wide and 10 feet tall. The opening event takes place, it took place yesterday. From 12 to 5 p.m. Um, with a, we had a, a performance, but um, it'll be up for a while. So, yeah. It's uh, the northwest corner of Lafayette and Grand Streets in Manhattan. And you can go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.org forward slash Wall of Lies to check it out. All right. Also, uh, COVID-19 is just very present and everybody is hurting. We realize that. Um, Radio Free Brooklyn is not immune to that. So you have three ways you can donate. You can go to uh, RadioFreeBrooklyn.org forward slash donate and make a one-time, monthly, whatever you feel like donation. There's swag involved if that's the your course of action. You can text RFB Give 5 that's the number 5, to 44321. And then you can, if, you to, if you use Amazon... You can go to Amazon.com forward slash smile and register Radio Free Brooklyn as your nonprofit that you want to support. And that's that. Uh, If you want to check us out on the internet, you can go to Instagram and it's Instagram.com forward slash martinis con queso. Usually it is me posting on Saturday or Sunday telling you to tune in, uh, maybe with some witty banter, maybe with a theme. This week, I got to tell you, um, I'm not the best content creator, but I found a GIF or a GIF, whatever you use, of uh, Samantha from Bewitched drinking a giant martini, and that felt so good and right. So, anyways, uh, you can follow us there, and if you want to follow in real time, you can go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.org forward slash playlist, and you can see what's happening because we all know I only go on four times in a show. All right, let's get back to things. 
this next set is, like I said, it's a little spooky. Um, if you've been listening all through October, you know that we've been doing some Alfred Hitchcock stories. Well, it has gotten even better because I found some Vincent Price. So through, throughout the rest of the show, you're going to hear um, some interludes of stories um, by Vincent Price and Alfred Hitchcock and I think Christopher Lee. Um, it's going to be great. I'm excited. I'm very amped. Uh, yeah, so without further ado, here is Jeff Alexander with the Alfred Hitchcock television theme. And then after that, you're going to hear Mr. Vincent Price. You're hearing it here and only here on Martinis Con Queso, here on Radio Free Brooklyn. Thus far, this album has provided musical accompaniment to make your passing pleasant. Our next number is designed to drown out the sound of shovels, music to be buried by. Of course, your assassin may have made burial unnecessary. So, if you are completely encased in cement and are teetering on the edge of a pier, Please try not to pay attention to this next number. It is not meant for you. As for the others, if you spend your evenings watching murder instead of doing it yourself, you may recognize this. Raise the dead. Ingredients. Spermaceti. Lignum aloes. Pepper wort. Musk saffron. Red storage. Blood of a lapwing. Preparation. Compound the above items and fumigate them about tombs or graves of the dead. It will cause spirits and ghosts of the dead to gather together.
I trust that everyone is enjoying the music. As the title of the album suggests, this was meant for your listening pleasure while you are being done in. However, anyone may listen. We have no intention to discriminate. After all, the murderer has as much right to enjoy himself as his victim. Which brings me to this very practical aspect of our album. If you turn the volume up very loud, it will drown out screams.
How to see ghosts or surely bring them to you? This part of the book is for children who were born in the morning or around lunchtime. If you were born at midnight, some say just at twilight, you were probably born with the gift of being able to see ghosts and other spirits and don't have to be told how. Of course, all cats, dogs, horses and roosters can see ghosts, but lots of people cannot see ghosts, even though they can usually hear them. And lots of people don't believe in ghosts because they say they never saw one. So anyone who wants to see a ghost, here's how. If you really mean it, if you really want to see a ghost, go walk around a grave 12 times backward and the ghost will rise and ask you what you want. Some people say that just walking around the grave will raise the ghost and some say you have to do it backward 12 times. Or if you want to summon some one particular ghost, go to his grave at night and call him by name. He will rise and tell you what you want to know. Some ghosts can be summoned by music. If you sing or play some piece of music or some special musical instrument that someone loved, especially during life, the ghost will come to see you. Some people say that you can raise a ghost by whistling. You might, and you might not. It has happened. Once a man was walking along a road at night whistling some tune, and a ghost fell into step beside him whistling the same tune. You can call back some loved ghost by too much grief and weeping. Almost any ghost will come back to comfort those they love and stop their weeping. The poor souls cannot rest if you weep too much. They will come back and beg you to let them rest. You can become a ghost seer by looking in through a hole in a coffin. This is especially true in some far northern countries, like Lithuania, for instance, where people leave little windows in the coffin so the dead can see out. You can see ghosts and spirits by peering at them from between a dog's ears. It is well known that dogs can see ghosts. So if you look steadily from between a dog's ears in the direction the dog is looking, you will see the same ghost he sees. You can see ghosts sometimes if you gaze steadily through a ring. If you look through a keyhole, you'll either see a ghost or the devil. In fact, there's no telling what you might see. Better not. Just say you aren't scared. Just say how brave and nonchalant you'd be if you ever saw a ghost. And see what happens.
You're listening to Martinis Con Queso here on Radio Free Brooklyn, and you just heard the New Orleans Owls with White Ghost Shivers. Before that was Duke Ellington with Way Low and Vincent Price with How to See Ghosts or Surely Bring Them to You. We also heard Nightmare by Artie Shaw and Haunted House Blues by Miss Bessie Smith. Jeff Alexander was before that with I Don't Stand a Chance of a Chance with a, sorry, I Don't Stand a Ghost of a Chance with You, and that was with Albert Hitchcock off the album Music to be Murdered by. Uh, we heard the Psycho uh, Prelude, which was by Bernard Herman before that, as well as Quincy Jones with the theme from the movie In Cold Blood. If you've ever read the book In Cold Blood by Truman Capote, uh, it is scary as hell. <laughs> and it might, I think it's like one of the only books that I've been like legitimately scared from. So if you like that kind of stuff, and it's true crime. So if you're into that, do that. Uh, Bernard Herman was before that with Twisted Nerve, which you probably recall from the Kill Bill movies, as well as uh, Screaming Jay Hawkins' I Put a Spell on You, and Vincent Price's To Raise the Dead. We start off the set with Jeff Alexander and Alfred Hitchcock with the theme from the Alfred Hitchcock show. My name is Victoria. You're listening to Martini's Kind Queso here on Radio Free Brooklyn. And we are dedicating tonight to all things spooky and scary. Um, this is our last show before Halloween and Daylight Savings Time. So next Sunday, you'll fall back and get an hour of time, which I don't even know what that means in pandemic time, but it, it means something for your clocks. So... Um, I will say, if you like to watch the sunrise, this coming week is probably the best for it if you have, if you're not super overcast, because um, sunrise is around like seven o'clock, and so it's just easier. And after next week, it'll be at six o'clock. So if you are in, uh, yeah, if you're in the mood to watch the sunrise, which I am always in the mood to watch the sunrise, but uh, this is the best week to do it because it's the latest it is. Um, for now. Anyway. Um, also, we started Scorpio season, which uh, which was, you know, Scorpios are a water sign. It's like very emotional. Um, so watch out. I don't know. It's a weird time. Mercury's in retrograde. We're living in a hellscape. I don't know what to tell you other than tune into the show every week and I can help soothe you for two hours. Um, anyway, so the next set. Speaking of all things witchy and wandering, um, I mention this every week, but the month of October is bookended by moons uh, that are full. So we started October 1st was the, uh, the harvest moon, and October 31st is the blue moon, and it's two moons in one, two full moons in a month. Very exciting. Uh, so this whole next set, or most of this whole next set, is an homage to the moon and who better to start it off with than Billie Holiday with Blue Moon I had it so sidebar I put on the Haunted Mansion uh, soundtrack because I was like oh that's spooky and it is more cinematic than I need it to be right now so excuse me um it's kind of annoying uh so Billie Holiday with Blue Moon you're also going to hear from Judy Garland Frank Sinatra uh, yeah, it's going to be great. And you're going to hear more Alfred Hitchcock telling stories, some Boris Karloff, Eartha Kitt, uh, 
I'm just excited about tonight's set. So thanks for tuning in for those of you that are. And if you're listening to this as a recording, thanks for listening. Period. The end. So without further ado, we have to turn the soundtrack off um, and we got to get into the music. This is Billie Holiday with Blue Moon. You're hearing it here and only here on Martini's Con Queso. saw me standing alone without a dream in my heart without a love of my own blue moon you knew just what i was there for you heard me saying a prayer for someone i really could care for suddenly appeared before me the only one my arms will ever hold I heard somebody whisper please adore me and when I looked the moon had turned to gold blue moon now I'm no longer alone without a dream in my heart without a love of my own
It is only a paper moon Sailing over a cardboard sea But it wouldn't be make-believe If you believed in me Yes, it's only a canvas sky Hanging over a muslin tree But it wouldn't be make-believe If you believed in me Without your love It's a honky-tonk parade Without your love It's a melody played in a penny arcade It's a Barnum and Bailey world Just as phony as it can be But it wouldn't be make-believe If you believed in me Without your love, it's a honky-tonk parade Without your love, it's a melody played in a penny arcade It's a Bonham and Bailey world, just as phony as it can be But it wouldn't be make-believe if you believed in Same rainbows and 
You're listening to Martini's Con Queso here on Radio Free Brooklyn, and you just heard Jack Malmston with Satan Takes a Holiday. Before that, we heard from the Queen herself, Miss Dusty Springfield, and also from Judy Garland with Moon. Sorry. Ugh. I was so excited about Dusty Springfield. So it was Dusty Springfield with a track called Spooky. And then before that was Judy Garland with Moon River. We also heard It's Only a Paper Moon by Frank Sinatra and Celestial Nocturne by Dr. Samuel J. Hoffman. And the set was started off with another queen, Miss Billie Holiday with Blue Moon. We have a half hour left and I am still so excited to be here. Um... You know, we've been dedicating all of today to spooky season, and I hope you've been able to enjoy it as much as I have. Uh, I have a few quick announcements. We're going to jump right back in, and you'll hear me at 10 till, roughly. Um, so, as we all know, uh, COVID-19 has struck, and Radio Free Brooklyn is not exempt from that, meaning our revenue has been impacted in huge ways, and we need your help. So there are three ways you can do this. One is going to radiofreebrooklyn.org forward slash donate, making a one-time or monthly donation. Another is by texting RFB give the number five to four four three two one. You can use your Apple Pay, Android Pay, I don't know what kind of digital wallet you have, but you can use it. And then if you shop on Amazon, you can go to Amazon.com forward slash smile and register Radio Free Brooklyn as your non- the nonprofit you wish to support. And that costs you $0, except for the stuff you're buying. So you buy stuff, we get money, you don't, it costs you no extra. Uh, you know, a bonus, you have a network, and if you're, un- if you're unable to give monetarily at this time, tell a friend, tell people, share our stuff on the internet um, to those who can or those who you think would enjoy it. Anyway, so... Our last half hour of spooky season, more Alfred Hitchcock, more Vincent Price, some Boris Karloff. It's going to be great. So this is Martini's Con Queso. Follow along in real time at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org forward slash playlist. This is Jimmy Takes a Vanishing Lesson from Alfred Hitchcock's Stories for Young People here and only here on Martini's Con Queso on Radio Free Brooklyn. Jimmy knew all about the haunted house. He knew that it belonged to his Aunt Mary. But she would never talk about it. She said the stories about the house were silly nonsense and that there were no such things as ghosts. If all the villagers weren't a lot of superstitious idiots, she would be able to rent the house, and then she would have enough money to buy Jimmy some decent clothes and, best of all, take him to the movies as often as he would like to go. Jimmy thought about the house a lot if he could only prove there wasn't any ghost. And so one Saturday morning when his aunt was in the village, Jimmy took the key to the haunted house and started out. Nothing to be scared of, he told himself. Ghosts aren't around in the daytime. But when he pushed through the dark, gloomy path and looked at those blank, dusty windows, he wasn't so sure. He walked up to the porch and stopped. His feet didn't seem to want to go up the steps. It took him nearly five minutes to persuade them to move, but they finally did. They marched him right up to the door, 
and Jimmy put the key in the keyhole. It turned with a squeak. Jimmy pushed the door open and went in. The hall was empty. And then, as he stood there, listening to the bumping of his heart, gradually the light faded. The hall grew darker and darker, as if something huge had come up the porch behind him and stood there blocking the doorway. Then the door, all by itself, began to swing shut. And before he could stop it, it closed... And it was while he was pulling frantically at the handle to get out that Jimmy saw the ghost. It was a tall, dim, white figure, and it came gliding slowly down the stairs towards him. Jimmy gave a yell and yanked open the door and tore down the steps. He didn't stop until he was well down the road, and he had to catch his breath. He sat down on a log. Boy, he thought, I've seen a ghost. Golly, that was awful. Then after a minute, he thought, what was so awful about it? He was trying to scare me like some smart aleck who's always jumping out from behind things. Pretty silly thing for a grown-up ghost to be doing. You know, it always makes you mad when someone deliberately tries to scare you. And as Jimmy got over his fright, he began to get angry. And pretty soon he got up and started back. He thought at least he would get the key which he'd left in the door. This time he approached very quietly. And as he reached out cautiously for the key, he heard a faint sound. He peeked in, and there was the ghost. He was going back upstairs. But he wasn't gliding now. He was doing sort of a dance. And every other step he would double over and shake with laughter. He was enjoying the joke he had played on the boy. Well, this made Jimmy madder than ever. He stuck his head into the hallway and yelled at the top of his lungs. Boom! The ghost gave a shriek. Leaped two feet in the air and then collapsed on the stairs. Well, as soon as Jimmy saw he could scare the ghost even worse than the ghost could scare him... He wasn't afraid anymore, and he came right into the hall. The ghost was hanging on the banister and panting. He looked at Jimmy and moaned. Oh, for goodness sake, boy. Heavens to bedsheets, what an awful thing to do. Jimmy smiled at him. Now we're even. The ghost looked pained and said, Look at here, Sonny, you don't understand. Ghosts are supposed to scare people. People aren't supposed to scare ghosts. It could be pretty serious for me if people got to know about it. Jimmy said, You mean you don't want me to tell anybody about it? Suppose we make a deal, the ghost said. You keep still about this, and in return I'll, uh... Well, let's see, uh, how would you like to know how to vanish? Oh, but that'd be swell, Jimmy exclaimed. But can you vanish? Sure, said the ghost. And he did. But his voice went right on explaining how handy it would be to get into the movies free, and if anybody wanted Jimmy to do some chores, they wouldn't be able to find him. But Jimmy had been thinking about things, and he said no, that there was only one thing that would keep him from telling people how easy it was to scare ghosts, and that was for the ghost to move into the old Miller house up the road. That old shack, said the ghost. Have a hard boy. The doors are half off. 
roof leaky, rain dripping all over the place. So they argued about it. The ghost said if Jimmy wanted to make money, he could learn to vanish, then he could join a circus and get a big salary. Jimmy said he didn't want to be in a circus. He wanted to go to college and learn to be a doctor. So the ghost sobbed and cried and said he'd been living in the house for 30 years and now he was being thrown out into the cold world. And he was trying to make Jimmy feel cruel. But Jimmy didn't feel cruel at all and pointed out that the ghost had certainly driven plenty of other people out into the cold world. And at last they came to an agreement. The ghost agreed to try out the old Miller house and teach Jimmy to vanish in return for which Jimmy promised not to tell anyone that ghosts could be scared. So Jimmy's aunt cleaned up the house and rented it to some nice people and bought Jimmy some new clothes and took him to the movies. But every Saturday morning, Jimmy went up to the old Miller house for his vanishing lessons. It is really quite easy when you know how. And after only a few weeks, he could flicker. And in six weeks, the ghost gave him an examination and he got B+, which is very good for a human. He taught Jimmy several more tricks. The best one was how to glare with fiery eyes, which was useful later on when Jimmy became a doctor and had to look down people's throats. So if ever you are in the hospital and hear a voice over the loudspeaker calling, Dr. Jim Crandall, call for Dr. Crandall, it might well be that it's Jimmy they're looking for. Because every now and then he forgets himself and just vanishes.
Who's there? Who's there? Up there on the stand. Beware, beware. I hear somebody coming up on his toe. Hold it there. He goes. My Mr. Ghost is going to town. He takes his cane, his gloves, and his hat. And like a cat, he hurries down the alley. The moon is bright, and this is the night when Mr. Ghost is going to town. His bone to hot sacks of foam, cause Mr. Ghost is going to town. Someone was following you, caught a glimpse of a strange face in the crowd behind you, and then that face mysteriously seems to be with you wherever you go. Sylvester Dodge had just such an experience. Walk with me a bit, and I'll tell you about Sylvester and his man in the raincoat. Sylvester Dodge was a man like you or me. He worked as a bookkeeper in a Wall Street office, and for many years he was saving for the day when he could afford his trip to Europe, away from ledgers and bank balances and adding machines. 
Finally, the last week of daily toil approached, and anticipation thrilled his fat little body as he boarded the Lexington Avenue local. The big vacation loomed on his horizon as the reward of a dreary lifetime. It was then that Sylvester Dodge first noticed the man in the raincoat with the curiously shaped umbrella. Something about the man made Sylvester shudder. The man's face was a deathly white, and the hands surrounding the handle of the umbrella were like great claws. The flesh of the fingers were horribly gnarled and ghastly green. Sylvester could not bear to look at him, but even in turning away, he felt the eyes of the man boring into his back like twin beams of awful light. You know the feeling, don't you? Someone who's looking at you, staring at you, eyeing you with such a terrible concentration that you want to scream or cry out, Stop! Stop! When the train reached the station, Sylvester rushed from his car like a man released from prison. The man in the subway had shocked him, but then again, you do meet all kinds of people in New York, don't you? And so, Sylvester Dodge began the five-block walk to his office. The sun was out, April breezes caressed the stone buildings, and people hustled along with spring steps. But Sylvester had that curious feeling that I mentioned to you. Someone was following him. He felt eyes peering at his back, could feel somebody's interest and attention focused on his rounded body hurrying through the crowd. He found himself walking faster, faster. He stopped for a street light, panting for air. He turned. A deathly white face in the crowd bobbed like a Halloween skeleton and vanished. Sylvester Dodge whirled and raced across the street, his coattails flying. He stopped again a block away from his office and flung a backward look. There was the man in the raincoat, waving his claw-like hand in greeting the the umbrella dangling from the wrist. Something pounded in Dodge's skull. Desperately, he raced the remaining block, fell against the building wall, gasping for breath. He turned slowly, fighting for his reason, but no, there was the man with the raincoat, a scant ten yards away, coming towards him. The ghastly face was smiling, the umbrella was outstretched, almost as if it was seeking something. Sylvester Dodge pushed out from the wall and left the protection of the building. At that precise moment, the grand piano that was being hoisted to the office on the fourth floor swung awkwardly on its pulley, the rope snapped, and its great weight crashed to the sidewalk. Sylvester Dodge to his death. So you see, poor Sylvester tried to run away from his fate and dodged in the wrong direction, all because he had the silly notion that someone was following him. Well, uh, I'll leave you here, my friend. Huh? Well, you don't think my face is so awfully white, do you? Oh, I'm so sorry. I, I seem to have dropped my umbrella. Would you mind very much handing it to me?
the phantom merry-go-round. Among the pirate islands at the outer edge of Barataria Bay, the westernmost is Ile Dernier, now generally known as Last Island. For a little while it was the capital of the illegitimate empire of Jean Lafitte, the famous buccaneer who later moved to Grand Terre and became a picturesque hero at the Battle of New Orleans. Not long after the pirates had scattered, Last Island became a summer resort. Some of the most distinguished of New Orleans' Creole families built luxurious cottages there. An enterprising merchant erected an elaborate hotel called the Trade Wind, which was decorated by many towers and bordered by pillared galleries. A whole wing of this long and spacious building was devoted to a ballroom, where an orchestra played nightly, and all the families from the cottages joined the hotel guests to dance the hours of darkness away. The season was at its height at the beginning of August in 1856. The summer residents congratulated each other that their island was cool, while the heat of New Orleans was almost intolerable. A strong north wind was blowing, and high waves raced in from the Gulf of Mexico to break in thundering surf upon the sand. Each day was bright and clear. On the ninth of the month came the first ominous evidences of possible disaster. Great dark clouds towered on the horizon, and the wind brought with it a roaring sound. Darkness came early that afternoon, and the sound increased. The islanders gathered at the ballroom, glad to divert themselves by dancing and forgetting the fears that stirred in their minds. Nervously, the ladies in their formal gowns looked out of the windows at the advancing waves, but soon the music and the gay rhythms of the dance captured their complete attention. When the gaiety was at its height, came a piercing scream. A girl had seen water spurt under the door of the ballroom and darken the shining floor. As some of the gentlemen raced toward the door, it burst from its hinges, and a resistless wave swept through the room. The struggling dancers heard a terrific crash, and the roof of the ballroom had blown away. Wave after wave followed, and the helpless humans, screaming and panic-stricken, were scattered by the seething waters. Those who fought their way out of the hotel saw whole cottages swept away from their foundations and bobbing crazily about. A small steamboat, the Star, had been snatched from her moorings and was blown up upon the island.